0: Here we go! Welcome back to the Nintendo Power Zone. We are a video cache slash podcast dedicated to bringing you the best in Nintendo related topics. And guys, we've been gone for a while. We haven't done a show since the E3 show. We took a brief hiatus. We had uh to take our annual vacation, uh, you know, because post E3 is crazy. But also, I had a lot of crazy family stuff going on. So I had to go out of town for a while, twice. But back home in Tampa now ready to get back to work and uh Jaden welcome to the show how are you doing today my brother
1: uh, glad to be back i know it's been a little bit of a while but um you know, i thought the break i thought the break was very well deserved considering how hard we've worked this past year so uh, but you know now, now, now that we're back here time to hit the grindstone, right
0: well i mean if you think about it yeah we've been gone for like 2 months but ever since the switch to bi-weekly we've like made the this- We've made more episodes than we typically would have made you yeah. know, by this so. time, so we're good. We're good. But, guys, there is plenty to talk about, uh, so I think we should just dive right in. Jaden, uh, I, th- I believe you had the first news story, so let's go ahead and slide into the Power of News.
1: Yeah, today, the Power of News, we've got a couple really small blurbs, but uh, for people like me who are really looking forward to these uh, two two titles in particular, they are very, very exciting news. And the first one is... Uh we finally have a release date for Dark Souls Remastered on the Switch, which um you know, it was supposed to have come out sometime in the summer after it was initially pushed back way back in, uh, I believe it was what spring is when it was the first su- supposed to first come out. But uh we finally have a date. Um it'll be October 19th, 2018, and that also goes for the Solaire of Astora Amiibo. So, um, if you guys were waiting on this, uh, you can start. You can put that. Up, you can put the date down on your calendar and uh, count the days because uh, I will see you in, in Dark Souls.
0: I have yet to play that game on any other console, and I decided that I would probably just hold out. And then that delay was like so hard hitting. I was like, "Wow, did this game just get canceled?" At some point, is how I started <laughs> to feel about it. I, I have no real, you know, since I have no, you know, induction. You know, introduction to the game i have no idea whether or not that this amiibo is worth getting for me especially since all it does is like the the awaken the sun pose or whatever they call
1: it. yeah praise the sun is, is the, the thing because he's a sun bro uh but for for people like me who are just big big fans of the game um it's he's got a cult following so is he, you know I, I really don't remember what he's actually done in game to really help you out other than just be like, Hey bro, I'm kind of cool. And I praise the sun. (laughs) Here's my armor. And here, here's a, here's a a gesture slash emote thing that you can do. Um, I'm mostly getting it because it's dark souls and I'm a huge sucker for the entire kind of dark fantasy, um, setting as a whole. So it's a solid title though.
0: Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to look forward to it. Uh, Hopefully, they still give us that like test demo that they were gonna do initially that they oh, held I forgot off on. About that. So, so yeah, I according mean, to don't...
1: the to the tweet that I have in front of me from uh, Bandai Namco, Bandai Bandai Namco, I always get that mixed up. Um, the the tweet which was sent out on August fourteenth at seven a.m. Uh, they say at the very bottom, an online network test will be scheduled por- uh, prior to release. Uh, stay tuned for more info. So we don't know when that's going to happen, but um that's still exciting. It'll be a good opportunity for people to have not touched the game to actually get a feel for it and hopefully not break their switches.
0: Yeah, that'll probably be my first uh, you know, play of the game is through that that test network. So we'll see how I uh, do. I I love video games, but I'd be the first to admit I can be terrible at them. So we'll see how how frustrated yeah. I get during this test demo.
1: Yeah. All right. Yeah. My so advice for on. any rookies going in, um Dark Souls is not like Bloodborne. You can actually take it slow. So, if you're like me, take a bow, build some decks, and snipe people from afar. That's just my, you know, project.
0: Nice. All right. So, what's next up on the docket? Uh,
1: we also uh, got a confirmation of Diablo 3. Um, it'll be releasing by the end of 2018. And I believe, I can't remember which um, retailer accidentally leaked the information. But the information was leaked, uh, which prompted um, a Twitter, re- uh, an official Twitter response by uh, Nintendo. It's a cute video uh, between Reggie and I'm blanking on the guy's name, the guy who runs, uh, who's like one of the head and co-founders of Blizzard. It's very cute. I've retweeted it in my personal Twitter. Uh, check that out. Um, but it's supposed to be out by the end of 2018. Uh, it also includes a bunch of. Um, Exclusive Nintendo stuff. You've got Ganondorf armor. Uh, you've got a pet cuckoo, cuckoo, uku, One of the ones that the chicken thing for for the uninformed. And um, you also get a uh, a custom. Um, what, what do they call it? Um, edge border border around the character frame. And um, there's one more thing. You get wings you can you can actually equip wings on the back of your characters in diablo 3 it's got like a very dark kind of evil looking aura um that comes with the nintendo switch version
0: yeah so just for people who are concerned about you know you know the you know frames per second and the resolution and whatnot so in handheld mode this game will run at 720p and it will run at 60 frames per second and when you play adopt, it's going to uh, run at 960p, also at 60 frames per second. So while it's not the full 1080p, I mean, that's still pretty good considering that, like, you know, the Switch is not the most powerful system on the market. So I I, I think that's pretty that's a pretty good transition. So that, that says a lot for what the Switch can do if developers are willing to make accommodations for the system.
1: Definitely. Nice. And, you know personally i'm willing to sacrifice 1080 if it means that i can take a handheld and play couch co-op games and that's just me personally um if the game's still pretty fun to play then that's that's cool um if you if you haven't picked up uh diablo 3 or if you've picked it up but haven't picked up all the expansion sets and you've got nintendo switch that's another reason to pick this game up it's got all the expansions it's got all the classes um so, yeah, it's it's another opportunity to get into it.
0: All right. So, moving on, I'm actually going to skip the third, so we're going to save that one for last. So, next up, we have the Japanese Pokemon Go pre-orders. So, if you pre-order Pokemon Go in Japan, so either version, you will get a collector's figure, which is the the, the new trainer red and, I guess, the new trainer uh, green, uh, the female trainer. And They will have either Pikachu or Eevee right on their shoulders. These are really nice looking statues if you haven't seen them I implore you to go to Nintendo life and take a look because I'm super jealous of Japan and I get real mad when I see pre-order bonuses like this because like we never get Anything here in the West and most likely what will happen is these will go out in Europe so these pre-orders are going to be uh, for the Pokemon Center or the Pokemon store releases so, if this ends up popping up on the U.S. market, I'm definitely going to pre-order uh, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee from the official Pokemon uh, Center website and cancel my Amazon pre-orders because I would love these statues. They look really good. So, it's I'm looking at them right now. So, it's Trainer Red and Pikachu uh, wearing that Trainer Red outfit that you can customize him in in the game. And the same applies for the female trainer, but it's Eevee instead of Pikachu. So, they look really nice. And... Uh, To go even further with Pokemon Go, uh, Let's Go, Mega Evolutions have been confirmed for the game. I know a lot of people were wondering uh, whether or not the Kanto Pokemon that had Mega Evolutions would be retaining them. And thus far, it looks like they have. They've released a couple of trailers that indicate it. The newest one shows uh, Mega Gyarados and Mega Kangaskhan. So if you haven't seen that trailer, go ahead and look it up. It's a Mm -hmm. cute trailer. The more and more I see this game, the more... I, I get excited about it because I definitely think this is a nice direction for the Pokemon franchise to go in and one that's really all inclusive, but we've we've kind of said, you know, a lot on this, you know, beforehand. So if you haven't looked this article up, it's on Nintendo Life. It's one of their top stories. Go ahead and check them out. All right. So now that we've gotten all the like you know, bitty bitty news out of the way, I think we gotta talk about some rather controversial news that affects gaming journalism as a whole. Uh for those who don't know, gaming journalism is pretty heavily scrutinized uh no matter what side you're on. If you're on the, you know, the professional side, uh like IGN, GameSpot, Game Informer, uh all those other major outlets or if you're on the amateur end like we are here at the Nintendo Power Zone, uh like with the Nintendo Power couple has, like the completionist and all these other people who You know we we make we have youtube channels that are dedicated to gaming i think this story affects us all significantly so because it it, it's literally somebody coming from the youtube end and moving into the professional end um so philip musen uh the former host of the nintendo voice chat podcast and the former nintendo editor at ign was released from ign uh amidst plagiarism allegations now as more and more information has come out about, you know, his alleged plagiarism. More and more, it looks like it's no longer alleged, and it is factual that he has plagiarized uh, m- from many different media outlets on multiple occasions. Uh, this is—when di- I when I first saw the news about this, I started—I took it with a real, you know, I took it with a grain of salt because every, everybody, you know— Everybody loves to spread rumors in this day and age, especially since, you know, we have this, like, omnipresence with the internet, and we also get to be, you know, hidden behind, you know, a veil, if you so choose. That's why we actually do camera work on this channel, so that we're not hidden. Yeah, we use our gamer tags, but if you look me up, I'm sure it's not too hard to find my actual name. But, yeah, and still, uh, Philip Musim came from the YouTube. He was a pretty popular YouTuber, and he got, he got called up to the major leagues. It doesn't get much more major leagues than IGN. Um, and he got caught and then he released a, a video that was supposed to be somewhat of an apology slash telling of his side of the story. And it's no longer on YouTube, but if you've seen that video, it's pretty much a non-apology. So he's got a lot of backlash from that, but in that video, he challenged Jason Schreier, who is a highly respected, you know, journalist for Kotaku. Yeah. And he he put on an open challenge. He said, look at my work, scrutinize my work, and see how much of it is plagiarism. And as it turns out, it was a whole lot of it was plagiarism. So he got caught stealing from Nintendo Wire, Nintendo Life, uh, obviously uh, Boomstick Gaming's the original... You know the the thing that got him caught. He's got caught uh, stealing from Wikipedia. He one of the stole- big
1: ones that uh, people have been really like <laughs> lambasting him over is his resume on LinkedIn. Apparently, it's just been copy pasted from a resume template, which that that looks really really bad. I get it. Resumes are hard. It's it's a lot of tough work, but to simply copy paste and not even change a word here or there, it's a really bad. Look, man. Really I'm taking
0: classes up. on how to make a resume properly, like a legit taking classes on how to do that. And yeah, oh, it's a, an res- yeah a, a good resume is, is a hard thing to come by, but at the end of the day, like you can't really embellish that. So a lot of scrutiny hasn't just been thrown at you know Philip Musen for this whole you know debacle, and a lot of it has come back at you know game journalism as a whole, but more specifically IGN. Uh, I've had multiple conversations with multiple people about this uh, this incident, and it turns out that it doesn't look like IGN had a proper vetting process. Uh, they didn't verify any of his work. They uh, like they didn't proofread it uh, thoroughly enough. They didn't cross check his references. And, like I'm not saying IGN did a bad job. Like I, I never want to. Put out there that I think IGN did a bad job I, clearly IGN is at the top of the heap for a specific reason, but somewhere along the lines somebody didn't do their due diligence in in vetting Philip muson now
1: and you know it's I think it's a bit difficult because part of it is uh, IGN's getting 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 a lot of shit for this which maybe is somewhat deserved but when you look at just journalism as a whole, their practices are not terribly uncommon. The idea a lot, a lot of news stories and a lot of journalism stories these days are just, hey, uh, these guys reported it here. I'm gonna take this story, uh, report on the story of the story, and then link to the original source. You know what I'm saying? And well, that's
0: essentially what we do. We yeah, exactly. We, we don't we don't have the we don't have the same kind of resources as we are independent fan made a fan made podcast. We don't have the same kind of resources. We get our news the same way that other, you know, independent fan-based, you know, people get their information. We get our information from other <clears throat> news sites. But yeah. what we do, but, but the difference here is we'll take those news stories and we do not read them on the show. We do not read the articles verbatim. That's the one thing we've never done on the show. We we exactly. will we will look at the headline, read the article and then formulate our own opinion and bring that to you. And that's why we're talking about this today is because even though I didn't really want to touch this subject, I felt that it would be a disservice to not touch the subject specifically because we don't have the resources that they have at, you know, that more popular YouTubers have and that larger media outlets have. We get our information the same way that the average, you know, game fan gets their information through Twitter, YouTube, you know, websites. And then we will give our opinions on those matters and, That is something we will continue to do, Um, but I want to make a more concerted effort to say where we're starting to get our information from. So if we report on a story, I always want to make sure that we're we're telling you what media source we got our information from. So obviously today I gave you the information that uh, Nintendo Life provided the Pokemon Let's Go articles for us today uh, Because they did now. That's where we got that information and we gave you our own assessment of that information uh, What Philip Musen did is Unforgivable and unexcusable by any stretch of the imagination uh, Now I know this guy dug himself into a hole uh, just to just Just so people know the last two uh, editors that work for iJans Nintendo as the head of Nintendo those two people work for Nintendo now. Audrey Drake was the former host of MVC. She she works at Nintendo. You might have seen her during the Treehouse live events at E3 and other events such as like most the Splatoon events that Nintendo likes to put on. And Jose Otero, who was the former host before Philip, he also got called up to Nintendo after last year's E3, which was a great move for him. Like Nintendo clearly has used IGN as a resource to bring on new talent philip musen literally got called up to the major leagues and had an opportunity to be impressive and maybe follow in those in those two uh former hosts footsteps but philip musen virtually threw away his entire career uh with this with with this whole plagiarism scandal and it's getting worse as time goes on every day there's a new headline that includes philip musen so my question to you is Jaden, if you were a hiring manager at any company, right? And you start doing you know, and, you know, Philip Muson applies for the job that you have, you know, you know, listed, you're gonna do a background check, obviously. You're gonna do a Google search, right? You're and, and when this when you see like the top ten headlines of a Google search showing that He's been caught in a plagiarism scandal. do you hire this man for any type of job?
1: That's a really interesting question um so part part of that so personally I'd say no, but that's because i'm also I have, I have a lot of biases towards that i'm a uh, i I know I've probably mentioned it once or once or twice but um I've been like a um you could probably call me a career academic by this point I've been in school way too long. Uh, pursuing multiple degrees and you know when you're when you're in the field of academia you you don't you don't play around with plagiarism so i've got some biases surrounding that and from that standpoint you know if it were me personally and i was the hiring director i would say no but i'm going to play devil's advocate here and i and and maybe maybe depending on a certain role that he has and and what he's looking for and the career and the um the uh, profession they i think there's some room for talking about it as an editor no definitely not too much liability maybe in some sort of corporate thing uh who knows he could be a liability because if 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 somebody demonstrates a willingness to to steal articles it could also be demonstrative of the willingness to steal um, corporate ideas, you know what I'm saying? So that could also be a liability. It really just depends on the role and the function.
0: Um, See, I have been a hiring manager before, you know, at a much smaller scale, but I've done that job. And something I always did while waiting for a background check to come through, So I always just did a Google search, just a basic standard Google search. Now, if I Google search Philip Mewson's name right now, which I'm going to do, All right, the first thing that pops up. Oh, hey, don't steal reviews and the rest of this week in games. That's the first thing that's from Wired.
1: (laughs) Yeah, if Wired's blasting you, that's pretty bad.
0: Here's from Nintendo Enthusiast. A video game journalist's reaction to the Philip Mewson plagiarism controversy. Uh, IGN Fires editor pulls posts after plagiarism allegations surface. That's from Variety magazine. That's a ladies' magazine.
1: Dude, a variety's that's, a big name. Variety is like that's bad.
0: All right. Evidence services of more word-for-word plagiarism by XIGN editor. This is a Forbes article. Forbes, one of the wow. largest video, one of the largest publications, period. You're on Forbes. Obviously the multiple Kotaku ones, another one from Forbes. IGN investigating dead cells review allegedly plagiarized by a Nintendo editor. That's just in the top stories category. The more yeah. you continue to scroll down the page, the worse and worse from smaller media outlets and larger media outlets combined, it, it continues to get worse. So uh, it, you know, as a hiring manager, just doing a basic Google search, if these are the headlines that I'm seeing immediately, and I misspelled his name when I did my Google search. And I still <laughs> got I still got all the top headlines. This would be off putting plagiarism. In plagiarism in general is bad, but in what we do covering, you know, video game news, just in media in general, this is the largest cardinal sin that one can commit. This is oh, literally definitely. the this is the worst thing you could do. You hit because you not only discredit, you know, yourself, but you do major damage to the company that you work for. And even though I think IGN has done a fantastic job of handling a shitty situation at the end of the day, it's still come back on IGN. This is still like, put a black eye on, on the IGN brand. This is going to be something that could take years for, t- uh, for them to recover from if they can recover from this, because now everything IGN does will be much more heavily scrutinized. And on top of that, I think about what it does, you know, to the community in a different way. Because of what Philip Mewson did and the way he got to IGN, you know, coming from YouTube, does this hurt other people's chances of moving up from YouTube and coming into IGN?
1: I think it could. Like, that's a really good point. And that's that's hard because, you know, there's the old saying, one bad apple spoils the bunch. I think I got that right, yeah? Yep. And, and in my experiences in the 30 years I've been on this planet – that is very, very true. People have nice things and then one person fucks it up and there it is. Nobody can have the nice thing anymore. You know what I mean? So
0: look, I would I would be lying if I didn't say that if you know IGN came to me and said, We like what you do. Come work for us. I would be lying if I would say that I wouldn't take that job. If I if I said I'm not taking that job, I'm lying. I'm outright lying because I would take that job in a heart I would I would take that job in a heartbeat because it's not only, you know, moving myself forward, you know, just in general, but it's also me taking the thing that I love the most, Nintendo, you know, that's not, you know, people and God. But it's taking, yeah. you know, the one thing I love the most outside of those things and um and getting me paid to do that and putting me on a platform as big as IGN and allowing me to just do that that would be a privilege to me that to me that is a privilege and yeah, philip Mason, he got that privilege and he threw it away but you know i want to step in here
1: real quick because i, I got to give philip memison some, some some credit uh, I, I still think his video his his apology video was pretty shitty but at, the one thing that he didn't do that i really liked that he did do um, was he did not throw ign under the bus he said don't blame ign don't blame my comrades there don't don't blame that it's all on me he could have just said hey you know it's ign's fault they vetted it they, they you know fuck them and and he didn't so i've got to give him some props for that i still think it's wrong that he plagiarized and but but i'm a big believer of giving credit where credit is due so
0: well in my opinion philip muson did even though he didn't try to throw IGN under the bus saying, you know, by, you know, saying what you said, they didn't vet my work and whatnot, but he, he committed more Cardinal sins. Uh, first off, he, he challenged Jason Schreier of Kotaku. really
1: stupid, really fucking stupid.
0: That's the, well, and not just that, but like, we don't actually use Kotaku as a source on this, uh, on this channel. We don't, uh, Kotaku has the Kotaku themselves has a sort of, uh, standing in in all of gaming journalism that isn't like too bright uh they've they've had a couple of scandals so i i always tend to stay away from kotaku i always view kotaku as the tabloid magazine of game journalism but here's the thing this in this instance being the tabloid magazine of gaming journalism is the best thing for them right now because they have managed to turn headline after headline after headline off of Philip Mewson because they were the perfect media outlet to challenge in this instance. It was so mm-hmm. stupid of him to say, Jason Schreier, look at my work and see what else you can find because you won't find anything. And that was a lie. Yeah, so,
1: so that's I like inviting 4chan to be like, hey, I, I dare you. Go through my Twitter and my social media and find something bad. You're not going to find it. Yeah, yeah, don't, don't fucking do that.
0: Well, and then the other thing that Philip Mewson did, and I think the thing that's the most damning here, is that Philip Mewson didn't actually apologize to Boomstick Gaming. I honestly think had Philip Mewson simply just sincerely apologized to Boomstick Gaming, yes, this would still be an issue. It, w- it would still be a very big issue. But we wouldn't be here talking about it right now we wouldn't neither would any other you know person who covers video games in any capacity but this is the story that everybody's talking about because he just simply didn't sincerely apologize and he just said I am sorry for what I did like it it was he never admitted it in his video he called them plagiarism allegations he's like I if he had legitimately just said, I plagiarized this material, I am sorry. It cost me the job of my dreams. It has discredited me, etc., etc. I don't think we'd be here as mad as we are or anybody else would be as mad as they are about the whole situation. I honestly think that people can be more forgiving if you own up to it. And Philip Muson did not actually own up to it. Uh, and he monetized the video, and I think, I think yeah, that also gross. set a lot of people off. I'm like, why well, I, I don't know if he's a pathological liar, or if there's, there's something in Philip that doesn't feel whole, and that's why he he does what he does. And I understand that working at IGN is probably a stressful job uh, when you're the editor, the head editor of a, of a you know department, especially one like Nintendo, where it just seems like every day there's some major nintendo piece of news coming out and on top of having to write the reviews and having to play the games get the b-roll footage and stream the games and do all the things they do at ign but at the end of the day he was getting paid to do that job and he he did not commit to that job the way he should have and uh i will say this though i i i did stop listening to nintendo voice chat uh once philip did take the that position, I felt like he was really uninformed, and it makes a lot of sense now. I always felt like he didn't know very much about the games he was talking about when he was talking about them. He, mm. would get, he would get jumbled up a lot when, you know, Brian or Pear would ask him a question about a specific game, and I'm like, it makes sense because he probably didn't play them to completion or he didn't play them thoroughly or obviously he plagiarized – reviews so (laughs) it it makes a lot of sense that i felt i always felt like he didn't know exactly what he was talking about
1: that makes a lot of sense actually
0: so that that's it i mean i i don't know i what what else to say about this subject other than like i promise that we won't do that here and we will make a more concerted effort to let you know where we're getting our information from um that being said, though, I when we, we don't do a whole lot of video game reviews here, but the ones we do, when I write a video game review, I never look at anybody else's review until my review is complete, even if my review comes out a couple weeks later. In fact, Wild Odyssey was our attempt at doing, like, two reviews in one. We we The way we did Wild Odyssey was it's because by the time we did Wild Odyssey – Super Mario Odyssey had been out for two months and Breath of the Wild had been out since March Uh, and that and Wild Odyssey came out in January of this year but the way we did that was instead of doing it as a basic review we put them we, we 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 put the games head to head and tried to determine which game was better so in a sense we reviewed the games categorically but we came up with our own thoughts our own opinions on those games and we put them head-to-head to to determine which game we personally thought was a better product and so you know we we don't normally do reviews here but everything we do do we do it with our own thoughts and opinions or you know we stay very far away removed from those sources and i want to make sure that we continue to do that here at the nintendo power zone and i know brendan isn't here right now but brendan is actually pursuing like a journalism degree while he's in college uh I, I would have loved to have heard his thoughts and opinions on this matter because I think out of the out of the three of us on this show, I think he would have been the most agitated uh, by the implications of what Philip Mewson has done at IGN uh, and in yeah. his own personal channel as well. I would have loved to hear it uh, next time we record. I definitely want to just get his two cents on the matter because I do think it is important coming from somebody who's actually going to school to be you know in front of a TV camera reading news. Uh, but anyway, guys. The last
1: thing I'll, I'll mention about this is um, this is super difficult, or this is super problematic for gaming journalism as a whole when it comes out uh, so close after GamerGate. You know, uh, not 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 the GamerGate scandal that was that it turned into, but the original like original 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 GamerGate where hey, let's criticize. Gaming, gaming journalism—it's—it's it's a bad look because it kind of leads creators to be like, hey, maybe they're actually onto something. Maybe there's a problem in game journalism, and 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 especially when we live uh, where, where one of the big problems, generally speaking, is that journalism as a whole is really under 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 much much scrutiny. It's a uh, it's a really bad look. So we, we I guess we'll have to we'll have to see the sort of um, long term implications and impacts um that that, that yeah. come across. So
0: I agree. Uh like I said, I think IGN's has done a fantastic job of handling this situation. Definitely. But uh, we'll see what this does to their overall credibility. Hopefully it doesn't tank them. Um but if it does, I mean, maybe in the future uh you know the people those people will go on to do something different and they will have a better vetting process. Oh, but Hopefully. I think that's it. that's all I have to say on the matter. Uh, don't really ever want to have to talk about something like this again, but it needed to be addressed, so we did, we've done so. All right. So I think we're going to go ahead and we're going to take a five-minute break right here, and when we come back, we're going to get into our topic, and we are going to give you our thoughts on the Smash Direct from a couple weeks ago. Uh, I know you guys have been waiting for this one, so don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Alright, guys we are back and we're gonna talk about something that I've been dying to talk about for two weeks uh, so glad we're back uh, into the full swing of things here and we're gonna talk about smash because the smash direct was insane I thought they showed off all the major stuff at E3 but they had more it had so much more so uh before we start because I made a commitment to you guys earlier I want to preface this by saying uh, we are gonna be using uh, Nintendo World Reports uh breakdown of the Smash Direct. Nintendo World Report does fantastic work. Whenever they do whenever a Nintendo Direct is released or whenever E3 rolls around, they literally do entire breakdowns of the uh of of the direct and they do it in bullet points, which makes it really easy for us to, you know, look at that and then give you our assessment of it so again i said i would do this this would be my commitment to always ensuring that whatever we speak on is sourced so if you haven't seen it yet nintendo world report look up their smash ultimate uh direct recap so i'm also looking at
1: um, nintendo everything they've also uh have a a pretty interesting in-depth um article on it as well which looks like they're sourcing it from nintendo pr but um that's another alternative to nintendo world but nintendo world's also pretty solid so just give it just throwing it out there too so we've, that's another one of our sources
0: first thing I want to start off with is we have new characters and new echo fighters so simon belmont who was semi-leaked the day before the direct yeah. uh but he had a pretty dope trailer uh luigi <laughs> died
1: yeah, big spoiler alert, he's dead. And and yeah, no matter Luigi... what Nintendo says, he he he's dead for good. That's no, <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm... <laughs> so I, a weird trend in uh the late in the in the last couple Smash directs is that uh they're killing uh primary Nintendo characters. Uh Mario and Mega Man bit the bullet uh oh. during E3, and now Luigi is also dead. I'm like, oh wow, these trailers are there's something else, but they are fantastic looking. Uh for those who haven't seen it, Jesus, please go just stop watching us and go watch that for a minute and come back right back and we'll still be talking about Luigi being dead. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Poorly Rachel always gets the shit stick though. Uh-huh. I, that was, it was so a good, good trailer, though. I like how they kinda like did the whole Luigi's mansion thing, but threw it in with like, you know, Dracula's castle. Um uh, yeah, from, uh, from Castlevania. I was like, that is so good. Like That is such a smart way to do that trailer was to, you know, have him, you know, with his uh, Poltergust 5000 and just have him just die, right? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it makes the most sense, too, because when you look at all the the the, the Mario Core franchise characters, like, okay, sure, sure, Mario's dealt with booze, but luigi he's had an entire game dedicated to a haunted mansion when you when you expand the haunted mansion concept out obviously that applies to castlevania so it was plus i think they just really wanted to pick on luigi some more Poor luigi
0: (laughs) green (laughs) mario but sammy belmont looks like a pretty interesting character he looks a little too slow for my personal liking but I, i do like his moveset i love the fact that he has the whip uh, because you can't have Simon Belmont without the whip. Uh, and Speaking of the whip,
1: one of the best things about the whip, this is what I was most shocked about, is in, in the old games, you would hold down the whip button, and if you move the jo- the, the D-pad or joystick around, it would, it would move around, um, flop around, depending on which direction, and they kept that feature in, which is fantastic.
0: Yeah, uh, it also makes for a good recovery tool. I'm also glad that they went with a more traditional... Uh, Design for Simon Belmont because uh, if you guys remember that uh, crazy redesign uh, that he got uh, for that Castlevania fighting game done by uh, the the art director of Death Note. First off, I love that guy's art, uh, Obasan. Obasan, he he is a fantastic artist. Obviously, Death Note and Bakuman are my favorite manga of all time. Uh, But his art style was not conducive for castlevania and that simon belmont redesign was actually terrible it looks like a buff version of light yagami uh wearing <laughs> wear, wearing drag it's it like totally does that's good a buff, a buff light yagami wearing drag i could I, see that that's, that's what it like i'm looking at it right now and that's why i came up with that description because but- it's
1: was that Castlevania not, Judgment the one of on the Wii, right? Yes, yes, okay. Castlevania
0: Judgment. Oh man. It is it's, a funny. terrible redesign. Although I would not be mad if this redesign was used as like his player 2 color, oh, that'd know, be color?
1: funny. I mean, that'd be funny. I would
0: love to, like I would love to see that version as a player 2 color. Uh but aside from that Richter Belmont uh is the echo fighter for Simon Belmont, which Richter Belmont has a pretty good design. Uh, his redesign is is pretty fantastic uh, for this game. You know, I don't know who provided Nintendo with these redesigned uh uh, you know, sk- uh skill uh, skins for this game, but they look really good. Uh, and I love how the the whip is now a mace because it's very yeah. you, know, ac- you know accurate to how he is portrayed in the original Castlevania game that he is part of. I believe he's in Castlevania Three.
1: Uh, it's been a so my Castlevania history is really bad. My my first time coming across Richter was part of uh the Dracula X Chronicles, which was a re-release of two different Castlevania games on the PSP. Uh, mm-hmm. It looks like Richter. I'm looking up right now using the Castlevania wiki. It looks like he first shows up in '93 on the PC Engine. Whoa, what? For um, Rondo of Blood.
0: Yeah, that is his. For I'm, I'm I'm confirming that right now. So yeah, Rondo of Blood. Uh, he's also in Castlevania Symphony of the Night, which is where I know him from. Uh, which is a fantastic game. If you have not played that one yet, I know it's a little if hard to do because that's like one of those games like you really need a Game Boy Advance SP to you know, enjoy. Uh, if you have the non backlit Game Boy Advance, then that game looks like poop, but you can also play it on the PlayStation 1, and it looks all right.
1: And I think that um, was also the second glit game that was included in Dracula X Chronicles. Let me double-check that. Hold on. Where is it? Symphony of the Night. It shows it coming out on the PSP somewhere. Uh,
0: yeah, I'm, I'm literally going through that. I mean, we're going through the articles as we speak right now, at castlevania.wikia.com.
1: Yeah, it looks oh, like it was yeah. also included in Dracula X Chronicles for the PSP. So that's another way to get it.
0: All right. So, uh, Chrome from Fire Emblem Awakening is finally going to have his day to shine. Uh, can- People, leave Sakurai alone. Okay? Yes. As of right now, you leave <laughs> Sakurai alone. You got Chrome. Okay? Uh. Smash Wii U, when Smash Wii U came out and when uh, they picked Robin over Chrome. I just remember the utter backlash that happened. Why Robin? He sucks. No, no, Chrome Crom- Crom showed up. He
1: was just uh, part of it's Lucina's final smash. final smash. So, yeah, he had a cameo. It's not
0: like, what you why- what? <laughs> like, <laughs> We don't want any more clone fighters. We want Chrome. Okay, so fan service has been done. You have Chrome. And his moveset doesn't look too shabby. Uh, I'm not going to use him uh, simply because I don't use a lot of these sword fighter characters, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> I think, I think it's a welcome addition to have Chrome added to the cast. Uh, they didn't do much to him. He looks pretty much the same as he looks in uh, fire emblem awakening, which is a good thing. Although I have been a huge fan of Sakurai's redesigns for most of the, uh, the, the fire emblem characters. I think the smash versions look better than the, uh, the versions that you see in, uh, in their actual games. I think Marth, especially, uh, Marth and Roy look way better in smash than they look in their own games. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, part of it is the the original games are very, very dated by now. So,
0: oof. Oof. All right. So we got those three characters out of the way, but I want to talk about a character that is near and dear to my heart. That was added to this game. And that would be King K rule. First off, Donkey Kong country. I I love that game. I have always said this, and mm-hmm. you know, Mario After Party will verify for you, that the game that made me into a gamer was Donkey Kong Country. I played video games before that game, but I fell in love with video games when I played Donkey Kong Country. Uh, Donkey Kong Country, I had beaten a lot of the games I had as a kid, but Donkey Kong Country was the game that gave me a lot of satisfaction and like, that was where I was the most satisfied in beating a game. Because if you've played that original Donkey Kong Country game, they kind of troll you a little bit. Where once you take King K. rule down, he plays Possum for a little bit. Then he comes back. You know, they even have fake credits start to roll. And then he stands up and he, he starts attacking you more ferociously. So when you finally do beat him for the second time, you feel thrilled. Because you you have this, like, thing in the back of your mind. Is he going to get up again? But no, it is so satisfying, and I love the fact that they had this trailer that was specifically designed to troll with oh, uh, yeah. King Dedede uh, prote- uh, masquerading as King K. Rule, and then King K. Rule actually coming out. Oh man, it was fantastic, and his his move set his move set is beautiful. He throws the crown at you like he does in the original Donkey Kong game. Then he puts on his pirate costume and shoots the cannonballs at you from uh, Donkey Kong Country 2. And then he's got his, his little helicopter recovery from uh, Donkey Kong Country 3. And I'm like, oh my God, they did their heart, And it's been a long time since we've seen King K. Rule. They have revitalized the Donkey Kong franchise, the Donkey Kong Country franchise. Yet they've managed to they they have really stayed away from King K. Rule. and I it's a weird thing because Nintendo that. always Nintendo owns King K. Rool. They own yeah. all the characters that Rare created for the Donkey Kong Country franchise. Now yeah. they yeah. lost characters yeah. like Conker and they lost characters like Banjo Kazooie, but those yeah. were Rare IP, Definitely, not yeah. Nintendo IP. So I was always wondering why there was like this stigma behind you know King K rule why would they revitalize donkey kong country as a franchise if you were going to stay away from king k rule but it looks like that uh that they're actually allowing you know king k rule to have his moment and excellent so i'm i'm super thrilled to see king k rule in the game what are your thoughts on it
1: but, you know they, that is something that's, that's also been been very curious to me too. Is um, why we why there's been such a um, a lack of King K. Rool in in, in general. Um, in my mind, I always thought that the best rival for 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 uh, King Koopa or Bowser, or whatever, is um yeah Bowser yeah is not actually Mario. I think King K. Rool would be a a solid rival. So I, I'm really hoping. Uh, I mean this. Putting him into the game means that I can play out the the fan fiction fantasy of having Bowser and King K. Rool um, fight it out for top villain of of the Nintendo IP, and, and I guess they can invite Ganondorf if they really want to. But yeah, uh, <laughs> eh. but but I like I like King K. Rool. I like the fact that they added him. It's it's about time, in my opinion.
0: All right, and last but not least, we got one more Echo Fighter. Yes, and that would be. This is the Dark I, was,
1: I was super stoked about this one.
0: Yeah. Dark Samus, uh she looks good. I-, I really like the uh, the way she looks and fits into this game. Although that being said, not a whole lot of extra work had to be done to implement this character into the game. Yeah. Uh, would have been cool to see a uh, a Zero suit Dark Samus, but you know, I'll take what I can get here. She so looks pretty looks badass though. Cool.
1: Super badass. Yeah. Um, we'll see. We'll have to see if there are actually any sort of mechanical differences and to the extent that they play out um but from what little we've seen in the trailer it doesn't look like much maybe the missiles she she uses the super missiles i believe um might be a little bit different uh but other than that it's really hard to tell we'll have to wait until the game comes out i think to, to really i'm
0: literally playing the dark samus trailer as we speak there are a lot of like subtle like you know markings on the character that aren't present on the the other samus the traditional samus but it looks really cool uh i don't think mechanically she's gonna be fundamentally different i don't think any of the echo fighters are gonna have a lot of fundamental change it would be nice if they did but i mean i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sit here and say that i'm not satisfied just to see you know this character as not an alternate color skin but uh it, it remains to be seen. We still don't know exactly what they're gonna do with Echo Fighters, but you know, when you, when when you zoom in pretty close, like right now, I'm freeze framing this. If you zoom in close in on the trailer, you can see like all the extra design work that took place in this character's design, in it oh yeah I for can, sure vi- visually it is different than the the actual. I love scent.
1: the way she floats.
0: She doesn't. She has. It's super cool to me. And she's got the veins like popping out of like. The shoulder and the chest piece, all of it looks very cool. Definitely. Um, yeah, and, those and are the, the, yeah, yeah. Super exciting. Yeah, those new characters. So I'm still a little upset that we have yet to have uh, unveiled an arms character. And uh yeah. I mean we still got till December before this game comes out, but man, if if they are gonna have an arms character revealed. I feel like they're really holding off on it. And I'm like, stop teasing yeah. me. And, it, and he did say there weren't going to be a whole lot of new characters added to the game. So, uh, you know, as time progresses, I'm starting to get more and more worried about, like, you know, just one representative from ARMS.
1: Definitely. And as much as I like the 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 Krom being added, I would love to see more Fire Emblem characters that aren't swords people.
0: Oh, yeah. You know, um, what I mean, that,
1: that'd be interesting to me, but it's. Well, we'll what it Robin
0: is. was such a unique addition to, yeah. uh, you know, Fire Emblem, and uh, I can't remember the character's name, uh, from the last Fire Emblem game.
1: Uh, oh, Cor Corin, I think Corin. Yeah, right.
0: Corin was a very interest, interesting addition uh, to to Smash because he does not play like the typical uh, Fire Emblem character. He's a he's a lot more fluid than those characters, for
1: sure. For uh, sure, certainly, certainly.
0: All right, so moving on, we're going to go ahead and slide into the new modes uh, and features. Uh, and one of the new modes that I find, I, I just want to start off with the mode I find the most useless, to, if I'm being fair, uh, but I, I, I don't hate it either. But So there, there are going to be 900 tracks in this game, uh, that's a lot of music, but to tie that in there is a my music mode that will allow you to essentially use your Nintendo Switch as an MP3 player i saw that and, and i'm thinking to myself as i saw this why would i ever do this yeah like why would i ever put corded you know you know i use bluetooth headphones for virtually everything uh, why would i ever plug headphones into my switch and carry it on me like it's an mp3 player because yeah. uh there's, I can't put them in my pocket. I can't put the Switch in my pocket, and if I put it in my back, I, I don't know why this exists. I mean, I guess in, the way they showcased it in the trailer was they had the uh, the Japanese woman putting this Nintendo Switch in her purse and then playing her headphones, and I was like, that's cool. I, I'm never going to do that, ever. Never, never, never in a million years will I do that. Yeah, Ooh.
1: I think it may be one of those cases of, well... We might as well have it. It doesn't really take any extra energy. Yeah, let's just throw it in to throw it in, and people won't use it. So,
0: Honestly, the bigger piece of news in that is the fact that there are 500 uh, or 900 music tracks, because, Jesus, 900 tracks? 900 tracks? Have you ever played any video game that has 900 different songs in it?
1: And not all of those are originals. A bunch of those are remixes. Like people were were going through. I believe they were talking about how on the um, Super Smash Brothers website um, you could actually sample some of the songs going to be in there. And after the reveal for Castlevania, people were going in and looking at the um, Castlevania uh, remixes. And they, accordingly to according to Twitter, at least the people I follow on Twitter, there's some pretty solid work. So that to me, that's interesting. I I've always been a fan of the Castlevania music, and it'll be curious to see what other sort of remixes get thrown into the bunch.
0: Well, I'm also interested in just hearing like how they're going to sound with like that orchestrated sound to them, because Smash, for sure,
1: yeah, Smash
0: games are are fully orchestrated. For those who don't know, they are they are they are one of the few games that Nintendo goes all out with orchestrating the music for. Uh, so I'm interested in hearing that. Uh, what else? So. Match rules can now be saved at any mm-hmm. time, which means you can have custom matches preloaded and you, you know, get online with your friends or you do some couch co-op with your friends and you just battle it out with an established set of rules that you have created ahead of time. Uh, so another mode uh, that's going to be here is stamina battles, which will give each player a hundred percentage of. And as they take damage, their their that percentage will dwindle till they reach zero, making them completely smashable off of the stage with you know a standard B attack. Um, this is the the next thing that I want to talk about is a thing that I think is most important to the FGC. There is now a final smash meter that can yeah. be toggled on or off, eliminating the smash ball. I want to talk about this in depth for just a moment. I love Smash. I have always loved Smash, and I thought the introduction of the Smash Ball in Super Smash Bros. Brawl was a really good mechanic because it took Smash into an arena that other fighting games have had since Street Fighter 2. Super combos. The final Smash is essentially a super combo. The difference being is that they tied it to an item on the stage, thus making it a, a run a, da- a mad dash for the smash ball which means essentially the way to, to to get a free stock off of somebody is to attack them while they are going for the smash ball
1: oh yeah yeah uh, definitely
0: that has always been a poor mechanic to me but having a chargeable smash meter will make it will literally perform the same function as a super and street fighter or a super in Dragon Ball Fighter Z, or you know, Tekken, and you know, uh, all your other fighting games have a super mechanic because they they are there to allow for comebacks, and thus making a match more interesting. This is something that I really hope that the Smash FGC embraces is these is the Smash Meter, allowing that to be in the game at a competitive level will completely alter the way that the FGC plays Super Smash Brothers and it's a really good it's a really good addition to this game and honestly I would I want to participate in a tournament that allows for this final smash meter because it's going to make matches a lot more interesting especially now that Dragon Ball Fighter Z is like the biggest fighting game on the planet right now it this is the kind of 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 mechanic that will really forward smash you know and and make it compete with these these fighting games that are becoming more uh divergent because we're starting to see a whole lot of fighting we're in a fighting game renaissance it's almost like yeah definitely it's like the arcade era anew uh because i grew up in that era i played you know all those weird fighting games that came out, like Killer Instinct, and there was one where you fought as dinosaurs called Primal Rage. Which oh yeah yeah that one oddly a really clay fun fighters, game. clay fighters, clay fighters love clay fighters. But yeah, like we're seeing a renaissance of fighting games. Like now we have Mortal Kombat, we have Injustice, we have Dragon Ball Fighter Z, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, Street Fighter V, Tekken Forty Eight, uh, Polk yeah, Pokémon tournament and Arms to a lesser extent, and obviously Smash. Uh, so we're seeing all these great fighting games really, you know, change the the FGC. And to see this kind of mechanic, uh, the the Smash meter added to this game, will really revitalize the Smash FGC scene. So I really appreciate this change. I hope tournaments allow it because it will it really change so the game.
1: Uh, I, I but mean, the problem I'm with the FGC. What? I was gonna say, like, part of it was—I uh, think I'm, I was actually going to touch the point where you were going to touch on—is that part of it. I think is that the uh, community surrounding Smash is just kind of—they're set in their old ways.
0: Yep, that's where
1: exactly where I was going with that. Yeah, and even though uh, you could throw more things at it, I think they'll just always be like, "Well, no, man, you got to do Final Destination, no items." Uh, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I—I I, I think. No, exactly have the most balanced thing in there and I don't think they'd go for it because they'd rather play um melee on their old CRTVs on a modded frickin' GameCube, you know what I'm saying?
0: No, uh, I a hundred percent agree with that assessment. They like the FGC for Smash, they 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 have existed for so long without like major changes to the format that I think any new edition will honestly be out, off-putting to them because they're going to be like, well, that's not how you play Smash. And I'm like, the whole goal is to play it how you want to play it.
1: Yeah, like, exactly. I, I
0: honestly, honestly think that this is an addition that can fundamentally uh, assist in making this game a lot more interesting visually. Uh, it is what it is. We'll see what happens here. Um, you know, I, honestly, I think it's a benefit.
1: Yeah, so here, here's, here's where I sit. Like, Final Smash to me has always been one of those, like um, – the, the fighting game equivalent of uh of a blue shell right of the Mario Kart blue shell where it can it can net you a come from behind victory and I so giving it to like turning it into a charge bar is is interesting I like it but I think it also removes a bit of or it it changes the strategy because with with the fire oh. with the ball right you had your, you had two choices. Go for the ball, or be the guy trying to n- not knock people off who are trying to go for the ball, right? And so that's a that's a a a concerted strategy that you could implement. It's same thing like a Mario Kart is going back to the blue shell uh, analogy. You could choose to be in first place and risk the blue shell, or stay in second. Wait to wait till the very last lap, where the guy in front of you gets blue shelled, and then you take the victory. You know what
0: I'm saying? In, well, at the very least, they did say that this version of the final smash will be weaker than the traditional final smash by grabbing oh, the smash ball. Yeah, definitely. So you're not gonna have that like same kind of like it won't be as OP as as that as that blue shell analogy that you're making. Yeah, although but, that is a pretty good analogy to make.
1: But but so I mean I think it's interesting. I think it'll add more fun. I don't know if I'll like it better than the actual ball itself though. So we'll, we'll have to see. I, I, In in general, though, adding more things and more options into a game is always welcome in my book. So, I'm excited for it.
0: Alright, so next up, they have added a new mode called Squad Strike, and it will use uh, three or five fighters to create elimination matches. So, this kind of reminds me of, like, crew crew battles from back in the day. So, so if you've played uh, Smash competitively in a crew battle setting, you'll know how it is. Uh, So, it, it kind of just Exactly sounds like a crew battle in my opinion Uh, next up. We have the tournament mode Uh, with uh, It's coming back. You're gonna be able to have up to 32 entrants. This is really nice Uh, I really hope they do something like this Uh, They use this particular mode uh, for the you know top 32 in like evil or something that could really help make the brackets Uh, Next up we have smashdown mode. It's a new mode that removes characters from the selection as they are chosen for battle So that means you cannot have ditto matches.
1: I like that, honestly.
0: I know the FGC is not going to have that one implemented. (laughs) they are going to be pissed. Uh. Wait wait, wait a minute. I can't be Kirby at the same time that he's being Kirby? Hell no. Okay. So my favorite new function, though, let's talk about this, is the training mode. The training stage is amazing for people who really want to get good at smash who really want to be elite the training stage is brilliant it it shows you how far somebody's going to move how, what the knockback's going to be depending on their damage percentage so you could the way they showcase it was they showed throwing they, they showed doing a a a four throw with zero damage 50% damage, and 100% damage, and you see how different the knockback is with each uh, damage percentile. And I saw that, and I was like, do you know how many pro Smash players are going to use this? Do you know what that's going to do for their game as a whole?
1: No, it's really good. I mean, they also have the... Um, on the stage itself, they've got the grids for... Um, how, uh, so you can actually gauge distances in a more accurate manner, which is always welcome, especially when you, you you know the entire way you win a match is by knocking people x amount of distances. It's it's really really useful.
0: It it reminds me a lot of the Street Fighter Four training stage, but it is a much more functional version of that.
1: Oh, definitely. Uh,
0: so I I really appreciated that. That's something I'm going to spend hours in especially since we're going to have new characters and new balancing has gone into effect. This game is faster, uh, and they, from what I've heard from you know professional people who have played this game, is that knockback uh, feels different in this game than it's ever felt. So learning how to DI and learning what somebody's ability to DI is is going to be really important. So uh, those who don't know, DI stands for directional influence, which means how much you can change your character's projection uh, if they've been thrown or knocked back. And that's my, you know, layman's assessment of directional input uh, influence. Aside from that, Classic Mode will return with each combatant having their own set of opponents. Uh,
1: yeah, so Classic Mode is making a bit of a return. Um, it will play in the same way that it did in the older titles. Um, you choose a character, and it will uh, face a... A series of fighters. That's I mean, this is the classic mode that we have all come to know and love. Um I don't think they've announced a return of the story mode which uh, to me personally is a, a bit of a disappointment. I've always been a, a huge fan of the uh, the story mode um from from the Wii version that was um I'm blanking. Brawl
0: Yes, no. the, subsa- the subspace emissary in brawl.
1: Yeah, that's what it was. They they haven't really. Um, I don't think they've announced that yet. Um, if it will or will not, but uh, here's hoping.
0: Um, all right. I'm excited about. I'm excited about the, all these these features. Uh, it's nice to have a classic mode, but if they don't have that, like that find that uh, I just called that subspace emissary mode, I'm yeah. going to be upset. But they did say that there is one hidden mode. Uh, that we haven't yet uh, yes. seen. Um, yes, we'll yes, probably yes. see that right before the release of the game. Um, so I want to just quickly power through the rest of this so we can wrap the show up. Uh, we have a bunch of new assist trophies, Pokeballs, and other items. So Alucard is going to be a stage hazard uh, mm-hmm. in on the Castlevania stage. We're going to have a new uh, banana weapon that is a gun that then turns into yes. a banana peel, which is really dope. Uh, Shovel Knight is an assist trophy, which is such a huge bummer.
1: Yeah, I was. Uh, the I, that, that,
0: that's same her thing with um,
1: with Crystal from uh, Star Fox. That was also something yeah. I was I was really hoping she'd show up as a real character, not as an, an assist. But that was another oh, yeah. one that's announced. The,
0: uh, the Majora's Maj- Mask Moon also as an assist trophy is a really good one. That Rokalok from Wuthering
1: Those two are my complete favorite because I'm a huge Monster Hunter fan and uh, Majora's Mask is obviously my my favorite, uh, as you can see from the mask behind me, it's my favorite um, Zelda title and so having this big fuck-off moon come out of nowhere and (laughs) nail the stage is hilarious to me.
0: Also, Zero, Knuckles, uh, Claptrap, uh, Cap'n, and Chief Kawasaki and Gray Fox, Nikki uh, will also be Assist trophies, so look forward to that. As far as Pokeballs are concerned, we're going to have Alolan, Executor, Abra, Sogaleo, Lunala, Mimikyu, uh, Pukamuku, Volpix, both regular and Alolan forms. Morlo and Ditto are new uh, Pokeball Pokemon, and I really like the Ditto transforming into you know uh, just doing the transform. I really think that's dope. Uh, let's see, anything else there? No. So as far as stages are concerned, because we're we're really trying to power through, we're going over on our time. But we are going to have 103 stages. 100 if you don't include Battlefield, Big Battlefield, and Final Destination. But that's 100 different stages, and all of them will have the ability to be played in either a Battlefield mode or a Final Destination mode. Uh, You also have the ability to do Morphing stages. So yep. you can pick two stages at the stage select screen, and after a certain amount of time uh, passes, the stages will switch. I also hope that that's a function that gets added into uh, tournament play because I'm so tired of watching people play tournaments on Smashville, because the yeah. only character <laughs> that that benefits oh. is uh, is a uh, uh, Sheik. Sheik is the only character that plays well on Smashville. So le- if somebody's gonna play Sheik, I would like to see the FGC. Add the morphing stages so that that character doesn't have a distinct advantage on that stage. Uh,
1: uh well, that? we're talking about stages. Oh, so first of all, again, hypercritical of the Smash Brothers community. The, the guys, you gotta fucking change. Sorry, 2018, get with the picture. Um, second, well, sorry, not sorry. Uh, But uh, I think morphing would be cool. I doubt they're going to implement that. Um, But as we're talking about stages, the one thing that I was really interested in that I'm I'm never going to use, but the FGC is probably going to use this is the ability to turn off hazards. They they hate things. They hate random things. I, I I've I've come to but I love that. That's what I like like about Smash Bros. I like the chaos and it's I don't know.
0: Yeah. i actually in there were certain stages that i really uh liked hazards on uh there was that one kirby stage with that uh was it kirby? yeah i think it was kirby where like you're on the ship and then start shooting lasers and cannonballs at you oh yeah
1: yeah 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 yes yes i think that was one and of the, the name escapes me.
0: yeah it really the name escapes me right now but i actually really enjoyed that stage and it was tournament legal for a long time and then or during the first year and then in, year, in season two of Smash for Wii U, they eliminated that stage, uh, along with the uh, Isle Delfino stage, mm-hmm. which probably mm-hmm. sucked. Uh, uh, so hopefully this opens up a lot more stages to the FGC, because, guys, no more Smashville, please. Uh, obviously, we we got a good look at the New Donk City stage, which was really nice, and of course, they're singing Jump Up Superstar. Uh, yeah, and New fact- Donk City is a lot like Isle Delfino.
1: Yeah, yeah. In, in many ways, I I really just like the fact that they added the cameo from um, Pauline and her band. That's that's fantastic to me. It it really feels, it feels right. Um, obviously we also have Dracula's castle. Duh, they showed that. Yes, um, with
0: with Dracula actually or, or Alucard actually being the stage hazard on that. Yep. Uh, which is cool. I I am happy to say that there is one stage hazard that I think. Should be turned off at all times, and that's going to be the yellow devil. So, no, I love the, the yellow devil. You get he's out, so best. I know he's so <laughs> I can't stand the yellow devil, so I'll be happy to turn him off. Uh, but yeah, that's about it. There was a lot of minor stuff to cover, but I don't actually think it's important to discuss like the menu screens and the dashboard. We do know that there is one blurred icon. Uh, everybody is hoping that that turns out to be a new version of Subspace Emissary, which. With the way that they're releasing cutscenes, uh, with characters dying, I'm assuming that this is a subspace emissary, you know, style uh, <laughs> so. mode. But yeah, uh, aside from that, I really, really enjoyed this Smash Direct. There was a whole lot of cool stuff uh, in this Direct, um, and it was really important that we eventually spoke. And I know we're late, you know, in our assessment of this, but we weren't gonna go without talking about it. Um, aside from that. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed our assessment of the Philip Musen situation. Uh, like I said, it wasn't something I initially wanted to talk about on the show, but I honestly think that it was important that we got in front of it and made a commitment to you to cite our sources. Uh, so before we go today, I do want to go ahead and read off the sources that we used for today's episode. On my end, we used Nintendo World, Nintendo World Report for their Smash Direct Recap. Uh, which was really helpful. So I want to thank Nintendo World Report for breaking things down so much. Uh, I also want to thank uh, Nintendo Life for posting the article about Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. I want to thank CNET for their uh, breakdown of the uh, Dark Souls release date. And uh, I also want to shout out VG247, which is what I use for my uh, my my source as the Diablo 3 article. Uh, Yeah, Always want to make sure that we go ahead and talk about our sources from this point going forward, uh, just to make sure that you guys know where we're getting our information from.
1: Uh, On that end, my sources were from uh, mostly the same things. I also pulled a couple things from Nintendo Everything. They had a Smash Brothers Ultimate Direct Recap announcement. Um, I pulled some stuff off of the Castlevania wiki when we were looking for um, uh, where Richter first showed up. And um, the other knowledge was basically just following official Twitters. Nintendo's been exactly. pretty on the ball about that. So uh, that's that's great.
0: All right. Any closing thoughts for today's episode, my brother? Sure. And, you know,
1: not one to shy away from uh, what's the word at? controversy. Um, and now that we're talking about Smash Brother and Twitter, please, 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 please. please if you are harassing Sakurai on, on Twitter, please don't. That's 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 oh, not yeah. cool. And it's just gonna fuck everything up uh, harder. Uh, I'm, I'm referring to the entire Waluigi not being in Smash. Um, if, for those of you uninformed, there were people harassing him on on Sakurai on Twitter over over this situation. Please don't do it. I don't talk about my day job in in, in real life, but I'm actually um, uh, studying to be a psychologist. And the the research the research shows, you know. If you want to convince someone of something, harassing them about it is not gonna conv- con- not gonna change their minds. I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. The research shows that. So please do not. If you really want Waluigi in there, don't stop. Just stop. Don't harass Sakurai.
0: Agreed. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not cool, guys. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we want to thank you guys so much for watching uh, today with us. Uh, everybody who's in the chat, thank you for joining us. Really appreciate hearing your comments and whatnot. Uh, so shout out to you guys, thank you for joining us. If you have not yet subscribed to this channel, please make sure that you do so that you can stay up to date with all the content that we provide you with. We do unboxing videos, we do breakdown videos, we do the podcast and we do other analysis videos and we've conducted a few interviews as of late. Uh, Blues who couldn't be on today's episode. He did an interview with Christopher Stoll who is the author of the book Poke Anatomy. It is an art book that breaks down the anatomy of a Pokemon uh in a real world setting so it is a very awesome book so if you haven't seen that interview yet make sure you you watch it it's also up on itunes so all the ways you can hit us up on social media you can hit us up on facebook you can hit us up on uh twitter my twitter is at nice1983 uh you can email me at nice1983 at gmail.com and uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast uh subscribe to the channel like comment all that good stuff uh Jaden social media links
1: Uh, everything is uh, at Jaden Winsong so you know Twitch Jaden Winsong if it's me Twitter at Jaden Winsong That's also me Um, and same thing with YouTube
0: All right, guys so that's gonna wrap up this show we will be back in two weeks we are back to our bi-weekly schedule uh, and we're gonna have a lot more Nintendo to cover because it looks like we got a lot more games to discuss and I do want to do a basic assessment of the Dragon Ball Fighter Z oh yeah uh, test punch that Or test a demo that went out uh, last weekend. I do want to do a brief analysis on that. So stay tuned. Because I promise you. We will have our assessment for that uh, next episode. But until then guys. Stay fresh.